Who was picked to win the Atlantic 10? What did we learn from A10 Media Day? Atlantic 10 beat reporter Natalie Heverin talks all things A10 Media Day. Locked on women's basketball starts now. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome. You are locked on to women's basketball. I'm Natalie Heverin, and I'm a features writer and the Atlantic 10 beat reporter for the next. Thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On today's show, I'm going to discuss what Commissioner of the A-10, Bernadette V. McGlade, said before A-10 Women's Basketball Media Day, the preseason poll, preseason teams, what the new A-10 the new A-10 head coaches had to say, and a few other notable quotes from Media Day. Hello and happy Thursday. I attended Atlantic 10 Media Day on Tuesday, and I learned a lot about the 15 teams. So I'll be touching on several of them right now and all of them in my upcoming A-10 preview, which you'll be able to read over at the next when it comes out later this month. Prior to all of the coaches hopping on and the players, uh, we heard from Commissioner of the Atlantic 10, Bernadette V. McGlade, um, as well as got the preseason poll and preseason all-conference and all-defensive teams announced. One thing that McGlade talked about that I thought was really interesting was how important the non-conference is and the conference's push to continue to get teams in as at-large contenders. Uh, last year, Dayton was an at-large bid into the Atlantic t- er, into the NCAA tournament, and UMass won the A10 championship and was an automatic qualifier. Uh, and just that continued push to keep that going. She said, we're certainly looking forward to our non-conference schedule. Obviously, we have a commitment within the league to really schedule robustly. We want to be able to play some of the best teams in the country. Obviously, non-conference is the opportunity to really position ourselves for NCAA postseason play, for WNIT postseason play. So our teams have really committed to elevating their non-conference opponents. And another thing that she mentioned that I thought was really interesting was the possibility that in the future, the conference would be looking to play a regular season game in Chase Fieldhouse, where the Atlantic 10 Conference Tournament was hosted Last season, back in March, uh, it's a smaller arena, but it can get really loud, especially when you have pep bands in there. Um, And it's where the conference tournament will be hosted again this year. So I'm definitely going to keep my eyes out to see if that's something they can work out for seasons in the future. And before I talk about the preseason poll and preseason awards, um, they are chosen by the coaches of the conference. The preseason poll starts off with UMass. as the unanimous first place team. And then rounding out the top five are LaSalle, Rhode Island, Fordham, and VCU. In the middle, St. Joseph's, Davidson, Richmond, Duquesne, Dayton, George Washington, uh, Dayton, and then in the bottom, George Washington, St. Louis, Loyola Chicago, George Mason, and St. Bonaventure. Last year, UMass finished third in the regular season and won its first A-10 championship in March, going to its first NCAA tournament since 1998. Uh, It returns its core as well as adds players, but I'll touch on that more later. 
And what could come as a surprise to some, but I think makes a lot of sense, is that LaSalle was voted second. To me, it makes sense because though LaSalle finished fifth in the conference last season, it returns six players averaging at least five and a half points per game. And the team didn't have any significant losses in the offseason. And the teams that finished three through five in the preseason poll voting in Rhode Island, Fordham, and VCU all had at least one player um, either graduate or transfer out. And one quote that I found really interesting from head coach Mountain McGillory uh, at Media Day was, last year we did have trouble in games that maybe we were supposed to win or expected to win. Um, he later added, hopefully we can manage those expectations and handle the pressure of being the favorite team uh, in some of their game, in some of our games a lot better. Because really, when we go out and take the court, it's about being the best version of ourselves. It's not about who we're playing against. And I thought that was really interesting to hear, both to hear how the team responded last year and how they've adjusted and hope to be this year. Obviously, we don't know if those adjustments will take place and work out in full force, um, but it's definitely interesting and not something that I've heard a lot of coaches talk about in handling the pressure. But the the players, um, Maz, Molly uh, Mazantonio um, said, um, it reiterated something that um, her coach said in saying that it's just the preseason polls. So you kind of have to prove a lot to ourselves and others that we can actually win and do everything we are capable of. And her teammate, Kayla Spurl added, I think it's really special, especially like our first year here, we were kind of, we were basically in last for the preseason polls and now we're in second. I think it's one of those full circle moments and it's really exciting. So they understand what's coming to them, um, but they're not really focusing on being picked second in the preseason poll. And Rhode Island, who was picked third, um, who I'll talk a little bit more about later, reloaded after they lost a bulk of their scoring from last season. And they did so with several transfers, including three intra-conference transfers, who were all at one point sixth women of the year in the ATIP. Madison Haddix-Covington from VCU, Emma Squires from Richmond, and Tenen Magasa from Dayton. And on the topic of Dayton, Dayton was picked to finish... 10th in the conference, which may seem drastic after the team won regular season A-10 title last year, made it to the conference championship game, and won an N- even won an NCAA tournament game last year. But the Flyers returned just 8.8% of the team scoring from last season. So the team is going to look a little bit different. Again, I'll talk a little bit more about them soon. But definitely uh, jarring for the team that has been a perennial powerhouse um, to be seen so low in the preseason poll. But um, it it makes a lot of sense um, for the coaches to have looked at what Dayton has lost and not position them in the top where you've typically seen Dayton in years past. And then pivoting to the bottom, Loyola Chicago. Yes, Loyola Chicago, previously of the Missouri Valley Conference, is now in the Atlantic 10 Conference, and they were picked to finish 13th in their first season in the A-10, which to me makes a lot of sense. 
Um, the most recent three teams to join the conference, Davidson in 2014, Mason in 2013, and VCU in 2012, finished last, second to last, and last respectively in their first season in the A-10 after moving from the Southern Conference, the CAA, and the CAA respectively. And George Mason was picked to finish 14th after finishing second to last, last, and last in the last three seasons. And St. Bonaventure was chosen last in the preseason poll after finishing second to last last season. Um, a couple of people, uh, including uh, the both coach and player at LaSalle, touched on their preseason poll position in their answers at Media Day. Uh, but so did Duquesne head coach Dan Burt, who said, we feel like we have a very good basketball team and we're certainly not happy nor satisfied. We're not happy with where we were selected and we won't be finishing there. Um, so Duquesne was picked to finish ninth. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, where they go. Um, and then at media day, I asked Rhode Island head coach Tammy Reese how competitive she thinks the the conference will be this season. And what she had to say was really interesting. Um, she admitted she had a hard time picking the rank in the order. Um, it was pretty easy for her at one, two, three, and four. She took a lot, a look at teams that were returning a lot um, and have experience in UMass, LaSalle, Fordham, and VCU. Um, but she also said it's going to be competitive and the unknown makes it more even more exciting for me. So I'm looking forward to a very, very competitive season, a great season. And again, the addition of a lot of great coaches. I think we're going to have a really, really spectacular season this year. So, you know, even the coaches are excited for the competitiveness of the A-10 this season. And then moving on to the preseason awards, uh, Sam Breen, last year's player of the year and A-10 tournament most outstanding player, was joined on the preseason first team by Anna DeWolf of Fordham, Kayla Sprill of LaSalle, her uh, Breen's teammate, Sydney Taylor at UMass, Addie Budnick of Richmond, and Sarah Tabiasu of VCU. I won't read through the other teams, but some names I did want to note. Um, reigning Defensive Player of the Year, Brooke Flowers, was named to the preseason All-Defensive Team and the preseason Second Team. Tenen Magasa and Emma Squires of Rhode Island, who are on new teams but not new to the conference, were named to the preseason Third Team. And... Kyla McMakin from St. Louis, the only newcomer to the 810 uh, on a preseason all-conference team, made the preseason third team. And overall, 11 teams from the conference had players named to preseason teams. The four teams that did not uh, were Loyola Chicago, Mason, St. Bonaventure, and Dayton, four of the six uh, bottom teams in the preseason poll. Coming up next, I'll talk about the teams with new head coaches in Loyola Chicago, Dayton, St. Louis, and Fordham. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs, and yes, even your women's basketball betting needs. I am not personally someone who bets on sports, but I love that BetOnline.net offers these options for women's basketball, and I really love that I can send my friends to BetOnline.net if they're wanting to bet on not just men's sports, but women's sports as well. Throughout the WNBA season, the WNBA playoffs, as well, easy to place a bet with just a couple of clicks. And now that it's almost time for the college basketball season, you'll be able to bet on that too. From women's basketball to Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, and NHL, BetOnline.net has got you covered for odds, lines, and games. It's BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening 
the action happening today. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. This was Allison Guth and Loyola Chicago's first ever A-10 Media Day uh, as the school joined the conference back on July 1st. And earlier this month, Guth told me that no matter what the team accomplishes this season, it will be historic as it's the program's first season in the A-10. Uh, Loyola Chicago is coming off of a strike three players who scored at least seven points per game. And at Media Day, Guth mentioned that while some new head coaches may say they inherited a new roster, she feels like she's been gifted one. Uh, and she's just really grateful and excited to go to work and, and practice every day with her team. Two players she talked a lot about were transfers from St. John's and sisters Emma and Sophia Nolan. She mentioned that Sophia is a joy to coach and can score from behind the arc and that the coaching staff is also challenging her to be more physical. And she also mentioned Emma dominates on the interior, but can also stretch the floor as well as succeed on defense. And Guth is just, she showed excitement about every aspect um, and, and in every answer. But one answer that she had a really particular uh, excitement and passion in speaking about was the effort that her team has put in in the offseason and the preseason saying, I think you can expect a team that's absolutely going to leave the floor empty. I think you need to understand that these women are working so incredibly hard to take on a new system and new style of play. Their only focus over the summer was to get in shape, to play at the speed we want to play. That's a hard thing to buy into. It takes a tremendous amount of character and work ethic. And these women have absolutely answered the call with that. And Loyola Chicago was not the only team that talked about speed. Duquesne, Dayton, Rhode Island all mentioned that they're going to be playing fast this year, which is something that the A-10 isn't known for. It's more known for a very defensive style of play. So it'll definitely be exciting to see how these teams approach uh, a speedier game and if that trend creates any interesting matchups as conference play comes through. And as I mentioned earlier, Dayton lost more than 90% of its scoring to graduation and the transfer portal, but Tamika Williams-Jetter looks at it as the four players that did come back may not have played a lot of minutes, may not have scored a lot of points, but they came from a winning gym and helped to make the players that played a lot, that played a lot better in practice and that they know a winning culture. Um, she also mentioned that the team is just trying to get 1% better every day, and she's not quite sure how the four returners and seven newcomers are going to fill in the roles on the team. And she's not even sure who's going to be starting in the scrimmage on Saturday. Um, and that the players are using a why not us mentality as well, kind of going back to that, you know, they may not have um, played a lot. They may not have, uh, many of them weren't on the team last year, um, but just really embracing the why not us why can't we do this um, type of mentality? And the process of rebuilding isn't a new one for Williams Jetter, who told me about her experience a couple weeks ago, even from high school, AAU. Um, she's had the experience of coming in and creating an environment that attracts great 
people and great players uh, to accomplish great things. Um, and she's just really excited to take over a program with a really rich, rich winning tradition um, and, you know, history of dominating the conference and going to the NCAA tournament. Um, and so she loves the puzzle of figuring out what to do with a lot of newcomers, um, a few returners who, again, were in the gym making those players better. But just figuring out, um, you know, what type of player she wants to recruit, um, how she expects the team to act, how they're going to play. Um, it, for her, it's all exciting. Uh, she really, she told me she really likes puzzles. Uh, and for her, she's just excited to get to work the next day to figure out the puzzle. Uh, and she's just excited by the entire process. And then St. Louis is coming off the program's worst winning percentage in more than a decade. Um, St. Louis brought in Rebecca Tillett, who previously coached for four years at Longwood, uh, where she took the team to an NCAA tournament this past spring. And Tillett believes the NCAA tournament is the next stop for this for St. Louis and continues to and looks to continue the work to get the team there. She told me back in April, shortly after she was hired, that she wants to kind of beat her own record and see if she can get to St. Louis to an NCAA tournament in three years. And she is also not 100% sure how the roles will be shaking out this season. She wants to see how players will play in game time and not just in practice. And along with a slew of new phases, the Billikens returned the 2021-22 A-10 Defensive Player of the Year in Brooke Flowers, who averaged a double-double last season, as well as five other players that scored at least five points for, per game. And of the nine newcomers, uh, four of them played at Longwood last season, and including Kyla McMakin, who was part of the, re the rebuild at Longwood and plans to bring her underdog mentality with her to St. Louis as well. And Brooke Flowers said that she wants to do anything uh, the team needs from her, as especially as the longest tenured player in the program. Um, and part of that uh, is the, the Billikens finished 10th in the conference in points per game last season. Um, but this year, the team looks to change that. And McMakin said, I think we could score the ball like crazy. I don't know if it's the freedom of the offense or what, but we are definitely a good scoring team. So again, that, that offensive mindset will definitely be an interesting addition to the A-10, which historically has been known for, for good, really good defensive teams. And then the last of the new coaches is Candace Green at Fordham. She enters this season as the interim head coach after at Fordham after the university announced that Stephanie Gately would be leaving um, back at the end of June. Green had previously served as an assistant coach for three years before being named interim head coach on July 8th. The team returns most of its core from last season, aside from Kendall Jeremiah, who averaged 11.3 points per game last season. And Green mentioned at media day that consistency will be key for the team this season and feels like last year they couldn't put a full 40 minutes of basketball together. Um, she mentioned that this season they're really emphasizing the details like boxing out and taking care of the ball um, and little things like that just to make sure that they can put all of the pieces together and improve on where they were last year. And Caitlin Downey, her, who is, this will be her fifth season in the program, mentioned that she worked over the summer to adjust to being more comfortable in the post, adopting a slightly different role uh, for this team. And Isha Dingle, who's in her second season with the program, said over the summer she worked on slowing down. 
Both of them were impressed by transfer Jada Dappa, who played for four seasons at St. Francis. And Caitlin said that she uh, expects Jada to make noise in the conference, and Asia called her the Energizer Bunny. So while this is a very senior team, um, Green said, um, told me earlier this month that um, losing in the quarterfinals last year really hurt the team, but they have six seniors and grad students um, who have one more chance. So they're kind of going all in um, as well. The And Green is a, an interim head coach, so she's not sure what's going to happen at the end of the season for her and the rest of the coaching staff as well. Um, she said, we're all working with this quiet desperation to do everything we can to accomplish our goals. Coming up next, I'll discuss a few other notable quotes that stood out to me at Media Day. Davidson was picked seventh in the conference, and the team welcomes only one newcomer in Maddie Plank, a transfer from Princeton, uh, who head coach Kel Falks called a Swiss Army knife. And with the team being so veteran, um, even their one newcomer isn't a freshman, I asked Ellie Sutphin and Chloe Welch what they hope to continue to improve on as the season grows closer. And Sutphin said, I would just say, she talked about um, playing off dominoes. So once they make one decision, playing off of it, um, knowing who each member of the team's option A is, um, and then also having things to go to if option A doesn't work out. So really just being prepared um, was something she talked about in knowing if plan A doesn't work, what they're going to do, um, and being prepared for every situation as the season grows closer. And Welch talked about um, wanting to work back from, to bounce back from mistakes quickly and um, having resiliency so they're able to uh, bounce back from losses um, in ways that maybe they weren't able to last year. So they've been challenging themselves in practice. And I think what that those two things really go together, um, what Sutfin talked about and what Welch said in just making sure they're prepared for every situation uh, and being prepared, um, you know, win, lose, bouncing back from mistakes, just being ready to go for the season. And within that, this Davidson team also sounds like they're going to have a fun, a lot of fun this season. Sutfin said, I think fun drives success, which I don't think I've ever heard somebody say before, but she expanded on that saying, as long as we're loving what we do, then the rest doesn't matter. It'll take care of itself. So I think fun is the dynamic principle to even playing. And somebody else uh, who always is fun to talk to is Rhode Island's head coach, Tammy Reese, who signed a 10-year contract back in March. Um, she gave me a really thorough and excited answer when I asked her last week what, why she went after three intra-conference transfers. Tenen McGoss out of Dayton, Maddox Haddock, Madison Haddox-Covington out of VCU and Emma Squires out of Richmond, um, them being all six women of the year, them knowing the conference really well, knowing how to scout, um, were all things that really drew her to these players. Um, when she went to find some players in the transfer portal, portal she wasn't expecting uh, interconference transfers, but they showed interest in Rhode Island. Um, it was a perfect fit. Um, 
Reese is really excited to have Emma Squires on the team after they hit, uh, after she hit seven threes against Rhode Island last year when they played Richmond. Um, and just a lot of different, each player brought something that she was looking for, and it was just a bonus that they already had knowledge of the conference. She said, um, it was just a win-win for us that we knew them. I know their character. I know how they play. It's not like you're picking out of a hat and going, oh, we're, we were going to take this kid. I don't know her. I'm gambling on it. I know these kids. I've watched them play for years, and I love each and every one of them. And at Media Day, she talks specifically about Tenen Magasa, a transfer from Dayton. And they call her Big T in Rhode Island. Um, Magasa is getting healthy right now. But when she's healthy, Reese said that her plan for Magasa is to anchor the paint on the offense and the defense um, and make her instead of a third option like she was at Dayton, uh, a, a first option. And so... Uh, They've already had discussions. Reese said that Reese called her a double double Magasa, a double double machine. Um, Magasa told Reese that she wants to set the all time block record at Rhode Island. So it'll just be interesting to see how that works out. Um, and to see three A10 players all on different teams, or all who were all on different teams last year, um, playing for Rhode Island this year. And pivoting to UMass. Um, one of the in most interesting things Tori Verdi said uh, on Tuesday was that Piaf Gabriel, the transfer from UConn, could open things up for Sam Breen to move out of the post and for them to have a really big lineup. And then Breen continued that um, and said that she's going to be playing a little bit more three as opposed to just playing the four spot. Um, so she's learned a lot over the offseason and figuring out that part so she can be more versatile, handle the ball, uh, shooting off the dribble. So it'll be exciting uh, and very interesting to see how uh, A-10 teams are able to cover her if she brings another level of versatility to the game. She's the reigning player of the year. Uh, so adding one more step or adding one more uh, tool to her toolbox is going to make her even more exciting to watch. And then I just have to shout out Zach Weiss, who asked Sam Breen what big time rush song best described the team. Um, after saying what a great question it was and laughing a little bit, she said superstar because there were so many superstars on the team. The team returns almost their entire roster from last season, as well as adding Gabriel from UConn and Layla Fair from St. Joe's freshman um, as well. And then Sydney Taylor jumped in and added the song Worldwide, which uh, Breen chuckled and agreed with um, and added that that also makes sense because of all of the team's upcoming travel this year. Thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Join Howard Megdill tomorrow as he chats. Um, actually, join Jackie tomorrow as she chats with Jen Hatfield. Uh, on what's going on in women's basketball and Jen's most recent story. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA. The NBA season is here, and our local NBA experts and insiders have you covered on and off the court all season long. All the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts.